Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. Well, the guest extraordinaire today, the one and only Alex McKay, flew in all the way from Maine. Alex of Maine. They have airports in Maine? Is yeah, that a United a States? It is, state? but almost not. Okay. Almost, almost not. not. Yeah. It's basically Canada. You're yeah. way up there. Yeah. Way up there. Yeah, that's not too bad, though. People live in San Diego. That's all the way down there. Yeah, mm. it's different. Yeah. It's warm. You got Mises? <sighs> you know, I've only ever seen one in in the state, and it died in my front lawn. Oh, dude. It, yeah. not, it died not in his front hand. lawn. <laughs> yeah. After I hit it with my around. car. <laughs> 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 it was walking around in circles, and it just laid down, and that was it. It was very sad. So then what do you do? Uh, I talked to the, the ranger, and he just said, leave it. For the birds, you know. So, so you had to. What? So you had to <laughs> watch <laughs> this twelve hundred pound Bruce animal just decay. rotting in your yard. Yeah, yeah. No, really, Bruce the moose. It's out there for a while. Bruce the moose. Wow. You named a dead moose. Did what they ins- going to do? It's there for a while. I mean, yeah. did they inspect the cause of death at all? Not like scientifically. They saw that it was walking in circles and just sort of made a guess. You know, it was pretty young. We have a huge tick problem up there mm-hmm. because it's getting warmer in the winter these days. So the ticks just stick around. Usually they would go to the water and just dunk and get them off themselves. But it's not really working, I guess, as much. Or the cold weather would take them off. I'm not sure the exact science behind it. But, yeah, now um, now they're just getting a lot of ticks and dying. The ticks, the ticks themselves kill them or the diseases from the I ticks? I think the diseases, diseases. But I've heard some weird stories about the ticks up there, man, that they, like – they like interlock their legs and make like webs of ticks and just you know float through the air and like a rat what? king, <laughs> yeah. like how rats entangle like their a, tails. Like a this hive show, just I can't really verify this. I've never actually <laughs> seen uh, this. This know. comment <laughs> section is going to be off, <laughs> yeah, off the charts. It's like a bee, a bee horror web. film. I'm kind of interested. <laughs> tick in web. So what's the status of Bruce now? Is he just like a, s- a skeleton? Uh, well, actually, so one of the people that used to work at the lab where my wife works came out and took the, the skull and cleaned it up and, and mounted it, I think, in their Why didn't she do that? She just had dibs. Did it have antlers? Uh, no. No. Oh, so no, it was, it was really young. young. Yeah, it was really young. It wasn't a very big one. I've seen way bigger ones out west. I mean, that was, you know, I saw like five or six in my first couple of days when I was out in Teton. But, man, you have to go pretty far up north to really see them like Millinocket, Baxter State Park, but I live close to the coast, and it's, you know, it's deer territory. Deer territory. Yeah. And fish. Are you going to hunt for one? Are you going to hunt for a deer? I haven't. No, I mean, I'm just so busy working for you You got guys. a bow. <laughs> you bought a bow. You've been shooting it all? I did. Got a bow. Yeah, I shoot on the weekends. Um, but, yeah, no, I just, I've been so busy with, and then you guys are not going to, you know, you're going to give me shit for this, but. Oh, wait, can I swear on the podcast? You, you just did. Demonetized. So, yeah, no, um, I've been so busy with the kid, man. We've had, you know, daycare issues, and I just don't have a ton of time. So I've been doing it on Sundays. I go out and shoot. Um, but other than that, not really. He's yeah. got a bunch of turkeys on his property, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love them. I don't want to kill them because they come <sighs> and they eat all the ticks. Yeah. So they come in like a drove of like 40 of I'm them. I'm still picking up one. ticks flying through the air in yeah. the web. 
Yeah. What are the ticks? I'm gonna I'm gonna get on YouTube and Google that. <laughs> yeah. When I get back I will to say that the, the sounds that turkeys make is wild. Yeah. Wild. And, you know, I'd be getting up pretty early in the morning these days and I didn't know that they sounded like that. You know, the the toms that make some crazy You I should talk know. to them, man. Get what do you a, mean? Get like, a call and talk over? to them. Okay. Invite yes, them over. <laughs> <invite> them over. <laughs> Corn Powell. Burp, burp, burp. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean I'm just a weird developer, guys. I'm not you know, I'm not cool <laughs> like you guys. <laughs> well, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> Don't strive for, strive for it. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, welcome, man. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, thanks. I'm glad to be the, here. There's been talk of trying to get a fishing trip while you're in town. If we yeah. can put one together. Oh, we, that's about the as far as we've gotten on the planning side well, of things. Other, other than we strongly suggested Zach's uh, we did. honey hole, which is yeah. an euphemism. <laughs> um, Could be. <laughs> if we had a pineapple. Okay. <laughs> Don't bring inside jokes <laughs> to the masses here. <laughs> uh, no, but we strongly suggested that. I don't know if that's going to happen, but... Um, see what we can pull together we were wanting to wait because it's raining this week and we didn't want to like say we're going to go here and then get blown out or something so yeah the creeks i've been fishing lately could use some rain if we get some rain dirty the water up bring it up a little bit it actually would be really good we could go hit some uh smallmouth creek spots but yeah. we'll just kind of see what happens i have recently been absolutely bitten by the smallmouth creek fishing bug it is it's incredible. Hard to get off the brain this time of year. I'm. I can't wait to go back out. So yeah. I don't think you knew this. I just got a new rod. Did you? Yeah. I What'd got. I got. Uh, we sent a, a customer member um, the wrong color rod. This okay. Abu Garcia Revo X uh-huh. Plus Revo X. Uh, it comes two colors: blue and a seafoam green. Okay. And all the marketing materials like. Blue is for boys. Seafood foam green is for <laughs> girls. <laughs> and so we okay. sent this customer. He wanted the blue. The image was of the blue and back end issue. Sent him a, a seafoam green. He's like, this is the one I want. Uh, okay. like, All right, send a pack. So we sent him the blue one, and I had got the So you got the girly green, rod now? And I was just in my office just, like, testing the action. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, pretty nice rod. So I'm like, well, if anyone, if I'm out fishing with it, and anyone's like, well, that's kind of a girly rod, I'll just be like, that's my wife's. <laughs> so so I got home. It, dude. Come on. I didn't tell my wife about it. I go, I got you a present, but it's really for me. And she's like, what is it? I'm like, it's in the garage. I'll go show you. So I showed it to her. And she's like, oh, cool. And I'm like, well, I don't, I'm just going to say it's yours. If you want to use it, you can. But really, <laughs> it's just for me. It's just, I need you to to you own it so yeah. i need you to scapegoat it so i i can be allowed to have the seafoam green rod mm-hmm. real combo but it's a real nice um it's a little bit heavier than the one that jacob picked out oh um, a top rod top water rod no it's a is it medium heavy Medi- medium. medium it's a medium oh, okay. um, and i think the other one i recommend is the daiwa the same arid x that you have which one. they're just they are just lighter Mm-hmm. Their medium is just lighter. Yeah, because I think my reel can do up to 12-pound test, and that reel could do like 8- or 10-pound test as far as the rating. Yeah, that's a, a 30, size 30. You may have gotten a 25 in the other one. On mine, there's a size 30, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was thinking we go up to the falls. Oh, and yeah. Go after those monsters. Dude, Phil and has I, been on me about wanting to go do that. Brad so. was talking about wanting to go again, too. Let's go, do a trip, boys. The kayaks. Yeah, Brad went out with us last time. It was no, awesome. Phil. Phil didn't get to go last time. No, he just, Derek. me and Derek were just telling him about the crazy buffalo we were catching. Alex, it was wild. Buffalo. We were up there. We were up there 
uh, and there's like these rapids where the falls are, and you'd put <laughs> you'd put your line in the water, and you'd feel some monster take it and just pull out all of your line and then just snap the line. You'd just be like, "Well, <laughs> that literally happened to me. It took all the line off Whoa. my reel. I was just sitting there. I was like, eh, and then I started taking turns with Derek. Did it, <laughs> didn't it break Derek's rod? No, no, he didn't have any rods. I just remember break. Derek was like shell shocked, and he was we were like having lunch or something on the rock. And Derek's <laughs> like, uh, "I'm outgunned. Right. I'm outgunned. I'm I, didn't, outgunned. <laughs> I didn't bring enough firepower. Literally. There's some monsters in here, so we're gonna go back up there." And um, this is Falls of the Ohio. It's Falls yeah. of the Ohio, okay. and we took kayaks into this, these like little islands that you can't get to from just like the parking lot access. So we were kind of over by ourselves on like the fossil beds, just and the water was so low down on kind of like the. It's like a dam, but then there's like a, a concrete pad almost that's like down there where the like water falls onto you. And it's literally like an inch or two of water. And so you you can stand on that and fish like down the river, down the current. And these fish will grab it and then take off down current. And you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> there's tons of rocks for them yes. to break off on. I mean, yeah. I've heard there's some mutants in that. In yeah. The water, oh, so. for sure. Oh, yes. Yeah, and the current adds like 30 pounds to the fish. Yeah. yeah. That's true, too. Yeah. We reeled a couple of them in, those big old buffalo, but it seemed like the ones we got reeled in were the ones that got foul hooked. It was mm-hmm. weird. I don't uh, know how it happened. I feel like it was it had to have been all stripers that were taking our... I think it was stripers and buffaloes, but we never reeled in any stripers. I don't think buffalo, because I, I was casting into the current, and I don't think buffalo would be... Dude, it literally happened. We pulled them Look in. Look it up in there. We pulled Blow them in. in. Like, we yeah. we cast into the current and we pulled them in. No, we, all like, the buffalo I was catching was, like, off to the side. Yeah. And like little well, yeah, you were kind of, like, down farther. We were all yeah. the way up by There's the, those big Asian carp in there, too, which yeah. you could snag one of those in the side. They're That's a little true. bit harder to hook. Like, they would actually intentionally bite your bait. Yeah. Didn't we both catch a gar? Uh, no, I didn't. I caught, like, I hooked a bunch, but I never landed any. I think I caught a gar. You did. You landed yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. And I landed a carp, an Asian carp, on accident. Uh, and then I sight fished, I think for one. It might have been another Asian carp. But, yeah. And then the, one of those buffaloes, just, or a striper or whatever it was, took everything I had. And I was just like, well. I had like a $14 lure. And I'm like, this is the perfect spot for it. Thing was, Instantly gone. <laughs> that thing was <laughs> dope. Instantly you were, like, oh, man, no, it was $14. You were the first one to hook into whatever those were with that yeah. lure. And then we just started throwing, like, white paddle tails on like a white umbrella jig head thing or not yeah. umbrella I, I made the mistake of calling it last time on the podcast and got roasted i don't know what it was <laughs> it's something else. i remember you getting roasted but yeah. i don't remember the details <laughs> send all your roast to at braden Ware. Yeah. <laughs> go wild um yeah. speaking of doing fishing stuff lobster man oh what a transition do you have to can anyone lobster fish in maine you have to have like a commercial license uh, no, if you're in the state, you can get uh, a rec license. I think you can have maybe 30 traps, something around there. But it's just recreational. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That seems like a lot. That's a lot. Do you have to be a resident, or could you go up there if you're on vacation? Could you get like a? I don't think you can do it if you're not a resident. I'm not. Don't quote me on it. Um, but I don't think you can. And it's getting probably a very expensive. One is not if, easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to go through like a stewardship, and I mean, it's you got to go through a lot of hours. It's tell it's us a the story. How'd you get into it? How did I get into it? Uh, it's, I don't know, sort of weird story. I guess I, I was living in DC at the time and, um, my grandparents came into some pretty poor health and I decided I was going to go up to Maine where they lived to help them out for the summer. And I was working part-time at a restaurant and also working part-time for this music festival. Um, and the restaurant was Luke's Lobsters in, Mm. in DC and, 
I had met the owner, Luke, super nice guy. And I told him what I was doing. I was like, like, I'm going to have to leave you guys. I'm, I'm going up to Maine. And it, oddly enough, uh, serendipitously, I guess, um, he, he got a huge amount of his product from the town where my grandparents lived, huh. Millbridge. Um, and he hooked me up with a wharf manager up there wharf for manager. just like a job for the summer while I was helping with my grandparents. And that was easily the hardest job I've ever had in my life working on the wharf. I mean, heavy lifting, stinky fish. You know, like, what, what's a wharf? What do you mean? It's a, it's a big dock where um, okay. where the boats come in. They will uh, they'll refill. They'll get their bait, sell their lobsters or whatever they have. You know, this one, lobsters. Like, like technically where we went was the wharf. I think wharfs oh, okay. are generally commercial use, mm, okay. right? Like you wouldn't have private boats that'd be more like a marine you could have like a private boat come and get fuel but you're not going to go out and get bait or sell lobsters you're talking about when we went to erie yeah 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 that was that's warfish yeah it's because it's different than a marina because yeah i would have called it a marina a marina is like i think for like private boats and that's where you have like ice cream stands yeah when i think of wharf it's big commercial fishing boats yeah. similar I mean, a similar grimy, layout grimy location yeah, grimy. I mean, yeah. it's like everything is covered in like an inch of fish fish grease from just the bait and stuff i don't know if you all right so at lobsters you bait them with with mostly herring you can use other stuff but a lot of people use herring and the way you get it ready for the season is you sort of mix it with salt and sort of pickle it in the heat and it just sort of gets just outside and, yeah and these big uh vats you know oh. and you just constantly have to you take a forklift and you sort of dump some and throw some salt on it and mix it all together and keep doing that until it gets real nice and oily because lobsters love oil i mean they just love huh. the grease um anyway so i was working there and i mean that job sucked so i worked to the point where i could you know i got in with a with a with a fisherman and he took me out on his boat the next season and we were island fishermen so we didn't go out super far like those really big boats you know like they're really the big we call them the big taters those guys that go the out big there taters. Yeah. <laughs> y'all are little taters we're little taters yeah no exactly and, tots. some tots. call those tots <laughs> and they were uh, you know out there they run trawls you know 20 20 traps to a string um so they'll pull them all up they'll go through their whole you know slew of traps in in, in a day maybe two um we would go through ours in like four or five days you know because we we're just doing single traps to a buoy double traps to a buoy and you can't leave them overnight, right? Like, you put them out in the morning, you pick them back up the same day? No, no, you leave them out for, like, three days. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah the lobsters, they come in, they eat it, um, at the, the bait, and get sort of trapped in the back, and you come pick them up afterwards, you know? They go you might be thinking ride. of crab. I think yeah, crab no, no, is I, like that. I thought it was just, like, the same day. They didn't would, soak Would crabs overnight. get in your traps? Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, that was something that we would take home and just eat, you know? Um, we didn't sell them. Mm. They're usually Jonah crabs. They're really, really good crabs, actually. So that's just a part of the job? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. kind of cool. Fresh yeah, we don't crab. get any crabs here. And how long was the well, season? We do, well, we just a different kind. <laughs> it depends on the fishermen. You know, some people go all year. They'll fish in the winter. Um, oh, so there's no, like, government restriction? Like So the only restrictions really are, like, the size of the lobster, um, whether it's a egg-bearing lobster, a female that bears eggs, um, things like that. Uh, as far as fishing time-wise, if you do it after sunup, you can't fish before the sun breaches the horizon. Uh, and for a lot of the summer, you can't fish on Sundays. I think that was a rule that was put in place for the tourist season. You know, the boats mm-hmm. are loud and the tourists were complaining. Mm. But, yeah, no, I mean, there's not a huge amount of 
rules and around that. How's the fishery up there? Are they still? Is it one of those things where it's like it's hard to get lobster like you used to, or it's never been better? Or? Uh, it's it's kind of weird. It's they they have had some record hauls in the past, um, probably five, ten years, something like that. But the lobsters are moving towards Canada. Um, they say that the Gulf of Maine has some of the warming, the fastest warming waters in the world, and the lobsters are just crawling right up to Canada where it's a little chillier. Mm. Um, but it is still good. I mean, they're making. I remember when I was working at the wharf, some of those guys would come in with like four or five thousand pounds of lobsters. You know, wow. I mean, there's a lot of lobster. And is lobster super cheap up there? Is it like you can get at the grocery store like? ham or like horse meat here in kentucky <laughs> you, say horse meat? you buy your horse meat at the grocery yeah Sweet. kroger <laughs> they're always running the horse walk specials. out to the field and get it yourself out yeah. no way man it's expensive oh yeah. is that yeah i mean it's probably not as much as it's here but yeah. yeah i mean we're they know what they got no transportation yeah. costs added on to it yeah yeah no mm-hmm. i mean i don't know i mean if you go the the pl- same places that you would get a lobster roll there are serving the tourists crowd so they're gonna they're gonna mm. jack the prices up i mean is there a time of year that the lobster tastes better yeah yeah absolutely actually um so we usually say around july 4th is when the shedders come in shedders so lobsters like crabs they they molt um and they become soft shells i mean so soft that you could like poke your finger through them we call them ragdolls when they're like that they're just like these little <laughs> jello things that just sort of wobble around um and they harden up and at that point, they're, I mean, you, you can catch, you can still, like, just crack them open a little bit. They're really, really pretty soft. But when they get sort of in between shedder and in between a hard shell, hard shells when they're so hard that they're, like, they got barnacles on them. You know, they're really pretty rugged. But in between that, I call them a hard shedder. I mean, that's a simple thing to call them. But that's when they're perfect. Because when they're soft, they don't have a lot of meat in them. They may have a little bit of weight to them because they're full of water. But they just sort of, like, there's not much to eat. You get right before they turn really hard, they're perfect because the meat it's sweet you know it's just like it's just really nice but if you get to hard shell really like dense lobsters ah, they're kind of you know kind of dense like you'd imagine you know it's okay like so, chewier mm. so what is the main lobster dish that all the tourists is it a lobster roll yeah lobster yeah, roll I'll go for yeah yeah i mean and that what's in a lobster roll? I've eaten them, but I don't. Just, just cream man, cheese and mayonnaise. cream cheese. Yeah, <laughs> out, out with you! <laughs> I don't know what it is. That's just mayonnaise and lemon juice and lobster. Butter, I think. yeah, I know. And butter, yeah, drawn yeah. butter, yeah. Yeah. So the way I do it um, is you take the the hot dog bun, right? But it's sliced on top. Like a cheap hot dog bun? Uh, I use a very specific brand. I like the Country Kitchen ones. Okay. Um, it's not a plug for Country Kitchen. I don't. Like <laughs> Alex is not affiliated with Country <laughs> Kitchen. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I use those, and then I do like a little bit of like a, a swipe of mayonnaise on each side, chilled lobster meat inside. Um, then you put the butter, which is already cut with lemon, on top. I like to season it with a little bit of paprika and celery salt, and then that's it. Oh, sorry, the bun should be toasted. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You guys come up. I'll make you some really good lobster rolls. I literally, if I'm anywhere, I was in Vegas, and I uh, got a targeted Facebook ad for, like, in in a casino mall, there was, like, a lobster roll place. And I was like, good Facebook targeting. I'm going there. It was like, it's a 20-minute walk. And I'm like, how much was it? I think it was, like, $25, $30. For a hot dog bun. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it's like more, it was more like a hoagie. 
I probably took a picture of it. I'll show you after the podcast. <laughs> you should have like a quarter pound of meat in it. I yeah, I mean, it's a treat. Because <laughs> there was a lobster roll food truck uh, in Louisville for a bit, yeah. and they were like 20 bucks yeah. for, for a lobster roll. Random fun fact that I thought of. Did you know that Louisville had, and I'm going to get the facts of this wrong, but the gist of the fact is the largest saltwater aquarium in the world? Yeah, yeah. At the airport. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because we bring it all in. Yeah, and then <laughs> they like, so all that fresh seafood they would, like, let, in between plane flights, I guess, let rebreathe or whatever, and then they'd reprocess it mm-hmm. into boxes onto its next destination. How about that? Hmm. Interesting. What was the training process Say like? Say your snide more. <laughs> I can tell. It's got a face like... Yeah. Um, like I think Dan is right about that, actually. I've heard that, too. Thank you, you, Alex. I didn't say he was wrong. Just not that exciting for me. Put your cream cheese on your lobster roll. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious what the training process is like to become a lobsterman. Uh, Sink or swim, you know? Uh, (laughs) You're on the boat now. What's the hazing like? (laughs) Uh, It's a lot of abuse. No, I mean, yeah, it depends on who you go with. I mean, you're you're, you're basically on a boat with, you know, one other guy or maybe two other guys if you're going on a bigger one. Um, Hmm. And I picture a lot more dudes. I figured it'd be like full of people. No, I mean, there's one guy sort of driving the boat, pulling the buoys and, you know, pulling the traps up. The other guy um, pulling the lobsters out, measuring them, banding them, rebating the trap. I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward, you know? It is. Are you getting paid like hourly or are you getting paid like a, a quarter percentage? Quarter of the catch. Quarter of the catch. Quarter oh. of the catch. That's pretty good. Yeah, it depends on the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. But it's like it's brutal work, right? Like you're waking up at like duck hunting hours. Yeah, you know. I I look back on it with like a mixture of nostalgia and just absolute dread. um, Yeah. Because yeah, I mean you're getting up early. You know, in the part of Maine where I was living, the sun rises. You know, (laughs) four. Yeah, like four thirty is like the earliest there. I think maybe maybe like four forty five something like that. Um, but I was living you know like a half hour away, and I. I would drive there. So I was getting up at like two and getting to the wharf at four, loading up, going out. Um, but, you know, you catch the most jaw-dropping sunrises. You know, they're amazing. It's I'm sure. beautiful out there. Some days it sucks. Some days it's cold. I mean, finishing out the season in November is not great. You know, it's the boat is icy and, you know, it's chilly. It hurts. Um, the storms start to come on in the fall. So you end up doing a lot of like trap moving you know we'll, we'll we'll place a lot of traps in in some risky areas behind the islands where the waves really come up if a storm comes up and so you spend a lot of time like one day we had to move all of our traps because there was like a nor'easter coming and we had to get them out of there or they're just gonna get totally wrapped up around rocks you know destroyed so yeah some days it sucked some days it was great it was beautiful so yeah, yeah. Is the territorial like nature of that ever come into play like this was, is this is my, my gonna, area i literally was about to ask that Dude. same question um, that makes you know, me I nervous heard, that I'm synced up with Dan. <laughs> yeah. I heard about it more than I saw it. You know, okay. um, there were stories. I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, there was a story about a fisherman in Portland, which is, you know, the biggest city down there in, in more Southern Maine where they, they burned a, another guy's boat down cause he was fishing in their area. Um, it's not officially his area, right? It's like, no, you can fish wherever you want. Okay. Yeah. Technically. If you want your boat burned. If you want your boat burned. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like Um, the Wild West. 
Yeah, it is kind of like it's, it's like being a sea cowboy, you know. Sea cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> that should be your Twitter handle. <laughs> um, but you know the I never I never saw any of that. I mean, we would get people shit. You know, we would get on the on the radio and be like, "What are your traps doing over here?" Like that kind of thing. Um, Can you was, tell by buoy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were. yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to memorize the color pattern, but yeah, you can tell who it is. Um, people so they, generally stuck to where they stuck to, also because that's, you know, they fish where where they've had luck, and people sort of just establish their areas. It's not so much like somebody comes in, he's like new guy in town, he's gonna beat up the other guy. Or I guess we're in jail now, but you know what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess like similar. <laughs> I guess like everyone knows when the boat comes in how big everyone else's haul is like it's kind of public info like oh this boat is getting twice as much as everyone else where are they fishing at well yeah not, i mean not sort of indirectly because um, yeah. they sell to the people that work at the wharf and the people that work at the wharf hope they're not listening but they are some big gossips let me tell you mm. and so yeah they'll they'll share that information with other fishermen mostly to sort of Give, give him more. a little jab. Yeah. Like, yeah, so-and-so came in with, like, 4 billion pounds the other day. This is a – you got, like, two crates of lobsters here, man. You know what are you doing? So. Oh. Because, like, they're just – their big thing is they just want as many lobster at the wharf as possible. Well, I mean – you mean, like, the the, the, the wharf people? Well, <laughs> I mean, they don't want to work very much, so they want – you know. Yeah, oh, really? They don't want to haul them up too much. But, yeah, I mean, the, the goal of the wharf is to sell as many lobsters as they can. I was kind of wondering if there was a little bit of, like – scarcity limiting like they want to make it seem like there's not that many so i don't know they do things and i don't know the economics of this but they'll build a lobster pound which is one of the first things they did when when i was there because you can't farm lobsters it's illegal to farm lobsters i did not know that um so what they'll do is they'll they'll build a pound which is like if so Imagine you have a cove, and the wharf is like this big dock that's pretty high up in the air, so it can accommodate big tides and whatnot, right? And it just shoots across um, uh, the the entire bay, right? What they'll do is they'll wall off the in, innard side, uh, so that when so it retains water, um, and they'll they'll toss some of the lobsters they want to hold in there, not quite sell yet, and then sell them later. I don't really know how that works economically for them, but. That's sort of the closest thing they do. I'm surprised you can't farm raise them. It seems like that would be kind of environmentally friendly. Yeah. um, I mean, you know how things go. There's the Lobster Fishermen's Association. They have a lot of power in the state. Yeah, I would just imagine you'd have to label it farm raised and, you know, market prices would be less. But I read an article about it the other day in in the paper. um, And, yeah, I mean, there's talk, but there's no movement, I don't think. Mm. Right now the biggest thing that's going on is the right whales. I don't know if you heard about that, but Mm – the right whales are this endangered species. Did we hear about that? We didn't hear about it. I didn't make it on newspaper. Not super deep into the lobster culture these days. Well, okay. So the right whales are this endangered species of whale. Um, and there's talk. I don't believe – I'm going to – if there's anyone from Maine listening who's, you know, on either side of this argument, they're probably going to, you know, roast me. But Cool. Looking um, forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's talk that there's, you know, they get tangled up in the gear, you know, because the, the ropes, you know, we're talking about people that fish at the edge of the bottom there, so it's like, you know, 300 feet deep, right? And so these, Jeez. these oh. whales are running into the um, to the lines, getting tangled up, dying, they say. Oh. The scientists say. I don't think there is any... Examples of that? Yeah. I don't <laughs> I'm think trying that... to, like, picture a taut line, yeah. and then a whale just going, just rolling <laughs> Yeah, Bill, I mean, what are you doing, man? Just swim I'm around. Trapped, I'm trapped. 
The only time I've ever caught anything in the line was a, a cormorant, you know, a bird, one yeah. of the birds that does the weird V I'm thing. I'm familiar. Yeah. Um, I, it too, came have totally experience jerked. catching okay. know, birds while fishing. <laughs> Don't share it. <laughs> I'm trying to keep you out of jail here. Don't talk about that. <laughs> so I, I was going to ask the question that you just kind of answered of how deep these things are. You're saying 300 feet? Uh, yeah, the people that fish at the edge of the bottom, I think I've heard them say like 350 to 400, but I don't know. Dude, I've never been out wow. there. Yeah. I mean, that would be a lot of rope. So right? here's, so here's, the, like here's the, the difference. Yeah, okay. So that's, I mean, that's one of the things. Those guys that go out there and fish the deep waters, I mean, that's, it's dangerous. I mean, if you don't pay attention, you got to have your head on right, you know, because you're, like I said, they're fishing trawls, so they've got 20 traps to a string, right? And you can imagine if they got it. They got one end of the string, another end, each with buoys, right? And those are floating up to the to the surface. So you got that much rope on each end, yeah. and you got the rope between the traps. Yeah, so it's kind of like a net almost. So you, well, so like the horse without the horizontal lines. Think about this, like this like big U shape kind of thing, right? Oh, it's a U. So there's not like individual lines coming down off the. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's one I line see. on the end, one line on the other end, and it's just and they haul them all up, and then they put all they stack all the traps on on the stern of the boat, right? Okay. So you get twenty traps stacked on the back, and you can imagine how much rope is on the deck at that mm-hmm. point, right? So yeah, they. What happens is you know, you you set one of them, you push one of the traps off the off the stern, and they just go boom, 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 oh. right. So you want to watch where your feet are. <laughs> just get wrapped <laughs> three hundred foot down. Just get. Yeah, so I mean that's why when oh. you're out there, when you're in your um, in in your your oil pants, you you have a you know a knife strapped to your chest. So if you do get wrapped up, you can just you know cut the cut the rope and. You know, get yelled at by the captain for, for cutting the rope. Yeah, because I'm not connected. <laughs> yeah. He's mad. He's like, just go down. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. 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 I only heard about it happening once to one guy, but he didn't actually get caught up in the rope. He got caught up in, I want to say, like the gaff got caught up in something and he got, it hooked him on his, his hoodie's, you know, stomach pocket. pocket and just went down. I think he got the bends, but I think he was fine. Oh, it took him so down he, that far? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because you go down pretty quick, you know. Mm. I think they're they're weighted, so yeah. Huh. Anyway, so Amazing. the right whales thing is is interesting. Too, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now they're there's all this. I don't know if they've actually implemented it yet, but they're trying to get the fishermen to switch over to ropeless traps, which is mind-boggling. Like well, they use magnets. <laughs> magnets. <laughs> use a big magnet like magnet fishing and pull them up. <laughs> Four hundred feet. <laughs> Maybe I think the the main technique they are they're looking at is buoyancy. So they'll you know like trigger radio it. control. Yeah, yeah. Which mm. to me sounds no, it's dumb. Magnets like a disaster. <laughs> just because those. I mean, I remember being out there how many times and this is with rope so maybe the rope not being there is not going to be an issue but you would get wound up because the tides you know they go in and out and your traps go with it you know they don't just sit there you know, they, they get moved you know this ocean's strong right and so we would get hung up all the time trying to pull our traps up all the time so i imagine these guys are going to lose a lot of gear when they switch over to the buoyancy stuff and that would be if it's not tethered to anything yeah, That's and the traps is. would be like three times as expensive if you had to have like yeah. some sort of yeah. So them being forced to switch over is causing some financial headaches. I think. Isn't that the whole thing with like whales and the navy? It's like all the radio waves in the water is like scrambling whales' brains and stuff. Yeah, I didn't know about that. I mean, I'm not up on my my whale news, guys. Yeah, I got to get caught back up with these poor whales out yeah. there. Well, your brother would know something about that, I imagine. My brother is in the navy. He. That's all I he can say. He, has a lot. <laughs> yeah. dot, he dot, was dot. a submariner. Uh, he never gave me any good whale stories, though. 
just too much of a nerd. A whale. He just, yeah, he's in the he's in the reactor room. He's in the belly. The belly, the, belly, the beast. Is he travel around a lot? Do what? Is he traveling around a lot right now? Uh, he was stationed in Japan for all of COVID, so we didn't get to see him. And he just moved back, and he's stationed in Washington State now. Just moved back in May, April. Oh, man, the thought of being in a submarine just... <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. That's like a whole other podcast, but you just hear stuff that, that you know, they deal with. I mean, he was doing some stuff where they would... Because literally the only reason they have to come up is for food. And if they don't run out of food, they can stay underwater for months and not surface. Wow. All the air is recycled. All the water is recycled. It's nuclear powered, so there's no fuel. It's literally just food. And he said that the chef is the most important person on the boat. <laughs> and they had they went to port once, and one of their chefs went, or their main chef guy, went AWOL. And it was like the boat couldn't even leave port. It was like that one guy being like, nope, I'm out. I'm just going to stay in Thailand or wherever they were. Oh. It's like, that's it. Um, but, yeah, the submarines are crazy. But as far as whales go, I don't know all that stuff's out. You'd probably get those buoyancy traps, and then you'd have, like, a whale just, like, swimming along. And then all of a sudden, just, like, a <laughs> trap with an airbag just bonks them on the head. Given whale concussions <laughs> yeah. now. As far as I know, the lobster start industry helmets is on them. very... I mean, it seems sustainable to me from, you know, the way they fish, you know, the way they mark the females, the size regulations, all that stuff. I mean, the number of lobsters they catch, it seems like they're doing all right. You know, they're all over the place. So, so, go ahead. I have a question about egg-bearing female lobsters Mm -hmm. because I caught caught a blue crab in Florida one time and picked it up. I was like, oh, you can keep and eat these. Flipped it over. And it has what looks like a an orange sponge on its stomach. And I was like, ooh, that looks different. So I looked it up on my phone real quick and tossed it back in because those were eggs. Yeah. Is that what a lobster eggs looks like? Yeah. So, like, you know, the underside of the tail of the lobster, how it kind of sort of fins in. And it's got sort mm-hmm. of a concave area. Um, those fill up with... I think they say like more than 10,000 eggs um, Whoa. and they look like if you were to look at it it kind of looks like one giant you know blackberry you know they call them buried lobsters uh-huh. you know and yeah i mean they uh when you catch one of those yeah they go overboard but first what you do is if they don't have this already is you cut a little v-shaped notch into the uh second from the right fin uh, or i guess that's what you call it the on, on the tail and that when they molt that that scar persists so if that lobster gets caught again and you check it and you're like, oh this one's got to be notch you, you throw it back in even if it doesn't have eggs mm-hmm. huh yeah that's how they sustain the yeah, population that's how so you, smart that's yeah. how the fishing stays good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's amazing what conservation does to help these Boy, animals it's pretty yeah, cool it's great and there's a whole other podcast we could talk about your time with your other company of your what was that effort carbon removing carbon from the ocean carbon yeah yeah uh carbon sequestering yeah we were farming oysters yeah yeah so that's a whole other podcast but alex <laughs> yeah. is deep into I, this stuff I, on a nerdy level i know i view maine as like alex is both sides of maine there's like the weathered wharf old school maine people and then a bunch of like eco hippies <laughs> it's pretty accurate and a couple of dead moose eco hippie it's meese meese sorry we got to do our next retreat up there. Oh, that's a good idea. I would love to, man. We got to we got to start putting that 
bug in uh, in Brad's ear about the retreat because I fe- I don't know if it's better to do it before the launch of our new product or after the launch of our new product when we have to sustain. I think it's going to have to be after. No, we usually just do it in the middle of turmoil yeah. and chaos. Like, oh, someone's like launching next the, week. Like, literally. <laughs> or like we launch it and then we go to yeah. Maine yeah. to so not support for Speaking sleep. of Brad, he requested that we make this a short one for Alex because he's a super – He's got something to build. Yeah, he like, you know – Things to work on. Builds all the stuff that we do, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I made that clear transition from lobstering to – programming so yeah that's another podcast in itself too yeah (laughs) (laughs) he learned everything he needed to know about coding from lobster yeah that's right well make sure you all log this episode get your points get your rewards tons of stuff going on this summer um i've alluded to a couple times on shows there's a bunch of cool rewards free stuff coming in with our new partner gun broker we're going to be putting some sweet swag out there for you guys to to get over the next year or so so get them points hey oh see you thanks guys thanks